When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever. Dog. I used to think that this was my town. What a stupid thing to think. I hear you biting off a brain now. I myself am on the brain. I used to want to be a real man. What's up, everybody? What's up, Freebies? What's up, Diamond Dogs? What's up, Athletic Gerbils? There's a big old pause in there. I hope you can't hear my dog eating food. Um, But if you can, like, hey, that's just what my life is. Sometimes my dog is eating food when I'm recording a podcast. What's up, everybody? I'd like to say hello to everybody that has hung on while I've been (laughs) sailing through some sadness as of late. I appreciate everybody that's still listening after all of that. And like, it'll come up again, because guess what? That's what life is like. Um, And I hope if you're going through sadness and you listen to this, you can hear that like there is another side of it. And uh, I'm on the other side of it. And it just took... It just took uh, time and it took uh, doing work and just showing up. And that's the only thing you can do. And somehow I was able to do those three things. And now I'm on the other side of it. <laughs> and uh, life is still happening. And it was happening while all those things were going on. But uh, I had a hard time seeing it and being a part of it. But I stayed enough a part of it that I am still here. So if you're sad, just try to use that as an example. Like you don't have to be, if you're sad and everything is hard, like that's okay. It's straight up okay, but just show up to the things that you can and just be as present as you possibly can and it will get better, I promise. There will be a moment that it does get better and uh, people tell you that and you're like, I don't want to hear that at all, but then you get through it and you're like, they were right. So it's almost like when you get a cold, you know, and you're like, why don't I cherish the days that I don't have a cold more? And then you're like, I'm gonna, when I'm not sick, when I don't have this godforsaken cold anymore, I'm gonna be so grateful every day that I wake up that I don't have a cold. Guess what? That's not how it works. Because you wake up and you're like, oh, I'm finally not sick. And then the next day you're like, man, I'm really glad I'm not sick. And then the next day you're like, man, I can't believe I have to go to work today. And then the next day you're like, I really don't want to go to work today. And then it just keeps going from there. But the gratitude while you're sick for the days that you're healthy is what keeps you not sad on the days that you're doing okay. So it's really just like filling it up with as much gratitude as you possibly can. And that is truly the only thing that got me through the last like month of my life that was very difficult for me. And for the first time, baseball didn't help. It did not help. It was just as hard. And uh, it just didn't 
and that's okay that i'm not like oh i'm done with baseball now because it didn't help me when i was really sad because it's helped me before when i was really sad so it must help me again when i'm really sad well guess what this time it didn't um because like nothing helped nothing helped i just had to be sad and sometimes you just have to be sad and as long as you're not harming other people with your sadness which i've done in my life sometimes you just got to feel the sadness and like get through to the other side and that's it so like baseball didn't help and in fact i really couldn't even watch it i like couldn't even get into it i went and played and i showed up and i played to the best of my ability but it was tough it was actually tough everything was hard that's that's how much i was going through everything but i was going through it and not around it and that's also the only reason that i made it to the other side is because i didn't go around because there are no shortcuts like all those cliches are true for a reason because people keep saying them because they're true there's no shortcuts you have to go through the thing and the people around you if they love you they'll be there for you but they'll let you go through it because it's the only way it's the only way and i'm grateful for it because now i've seen so many things that i don't want to do again and so many ways that i don't want to be that um yeah it's uh it's great and it's really powerful so um thank you for sticking around with the podcast i do really appreciate everybody's patience and there's been so many like short episodes lately and um you know sometimes you just need a short one about the all-star ballot or whatever um but you know like i'm still i'm still here i'm still definitely queer and uh i mean you're used to it so we'll be back right after this with uh, a rundown of the home run derby and the all-star game right after this all right let's start out with the all-star game because i'm gonna hey i'm gonna be i'm gonna be truly honest with everyone because if you can't be honest then what what's the point but um i didn't watch the all-star game (laughs) because one of my great friends was in town and uh i never get to see him because we live in different states that are very far apart and um he was in town so i was like let's hang out and the time he could hang out was during the all-star game and so I didn't watch it, but I was getting, you know, like updates on my phone and like kind of checking into it. But it's funny because this was like the Cleveland one. I really wanted to see it. And then again, this is it's like sometimes your priorities, even just like for a night shift towards somebody that's kind to you, cares about you, that you care about, that you're kind to. And then you're like, yeah, no, this is this is what life is about is like hanging with this dude and listening to him and what's up with him as opposed to like. I don't know how Justin Verlander does in the all-star game at Cleveland. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. That's it's, it's funny. Life is funny like that. Um, you make something your job and then all of a sudden it, it does become a lot harder to do it, but I still, I, I love this podcast. I'm still doing it even though I didn't watch the game because Brett gave me really good notes. So the 2019 All-Star Game in Cleveland, Ohio, the American League edged the National League 4-3 in Tuesday night's All-Star Game. The American League has won the last seven All-Star Games, 2013 through 2019. And I just want to point out that, like, so many people, and look, you're totally entitled to your opinion, and sometimes I agree with it, which is that the American League is, like, the junior circuit and the National League. 
is the senior circuit because of the DH and everything. And it's like, okay, but the American League has won seven years in a row. And they don't win because they have, like, the DH, you know? And I just think it's really funny to me. Like, I love seeing those things proven wrong. Like, I have a, pre- I can have a preference. I can be like, well, here's the cool thing about the National League, but here's the cool thing about the American League. I don't understand why people have to have these, like, opinions that define their lives about the stupid DH. Everybody's so mad about the DH. And, like, it's just, a, it's a desert. Who cares? Also, people have made careers out of doing that job. You try to do that. You try to not do anything but hit a baseball. Good luck. You know? Good luck. Most people can't. So here's here's the breakdown of how the runs were scored. In the second inning, Michael Brantley, former Cleveland star, doubled in Astros teammate Alex Bregman. That puts us at one to nothing. Then in the fifth inning, Twins shortstop Jorge Polanco reached on an infield single, scoring Yankees catcher Gary Sanchez. That puts us at two to nothing. And then in the sixth inning, Rockies outfielder Charlie Blackman homered to get the National League on the board. That puts us at two to one. And then in the seventh inning, we got Red Sox shortstop Xander Bogarts grounding into a double play, but scoring, we have Oakland A's third baseman Matt Chapman. And later in the inning, the Rangers Joey Gallo homered four to one. And in the eighth inning, Mets rookie Pete Alonzo, who we'll get to later, score singled, scoring the Rockies David Dahl and the Brewers Yasmani Grandal. Um, that puts us at four to three and that's as close as they would get. I would also just point out because of David Dahl coming out, there were a lot of uh, malfunctions on the scoreboard. Uh, It said like David Dane or something like that. And then um, Jeff McNeil's photo was Jacob deGrom and Jeff McNeil was justifiably upset. He was like, you know, you, you, this is like a big deal for me it should be right. And like, man, I agree with him. How do you get something like that wrong? You knew you were doing this. And like, come on, Cleveland. This is why I'm like, Cleveland, come on, man. This is why people make fun of you. That and the racist team name, you know? It's like, come on, get your shit together. Get Have somebody check your work. You can't just do it by yourself and expect everything to be okay. You gotta check in with other people. We're here for you, man. We want you to succeed. We don't want you to fail. Most people want you to succeed. Have somebody check over your work. We've also got hometown Cleveland pitcher Shane Bieber winning the MVP after striking out the side in the fifth. Despite a solid performance, though, Bieber didn't factor into the decision, and his MVP selection was clearly a nod to the hometown crowd. Do you feel... Well, Murph has a a lot of thoughts about it. Hang on a second. Murph! Do you feel do, do you like favoring hometown players for All-Star Game MVP or should the selection process be more rigorous? I mean, I I guess both. Like I feel like here's the thing, Cleveland's not going to get an All-Star MVP for a long time after this, but I mean, people hit home runs, you know. So like, I don't know. I guess it, like all the scoring is pretty just like kind of run of the mill scoring and pretty normal so I guess it doesn't bother me so much that Shane Bieber won the MVP especially for striking out the side even though he didn't factor into the decision he's like essentially a rookie pitcher at this point uh, in a rotation that's like doing better but um I don't know I mean maybe because they're 
still kind of my team and I have a place in my heart for them. I, it doesn't bother me as much that they went with, you know, a hometown pitcher. But uh, when and then bench coach Brett's final question is, uh, when is the National League going to win an all-star game again? I don't know. It's going to be a long time, I think. And I don't know why they've got the talent, but it just doesn't happen. You know, it's pretty nuts. I think it's pretty funny. And uh, I don't know. I like it, obviously, by how much I laughed at it earlier. But it makes me pretty stoked. Um, So let's go. Let's move on to the home run derby. So the two big stories from the home run derby this year were the first place finish of Mets rookie first baseman Pete Alonso and the historic performance of Blue Jays rookie third baseman Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Though he didn't have the most home runs overall in the contest, Pete Alonso won in dramatic fashion with three walk-offs. In the first round, Alonso hit his 14th homer with one second left on the clock to eliminate hometown favorite Carlos Santana, earning boos from the Cleveland crowd. And in the second round, he homered in his final two swings to eliminate final two swings to eliminate Ronald Acuna Jr. And in the final round, Alonzo hit his third walk-off with 18 seconds left to beat Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And despite finishing second, I would just like to also point out real quick that I did call that Pete Alonzo was going to win it. And I will say that I called that he was going to win it without seeing the bracket. So I just want to put that out there. I didn't see the bracket. And then once I saw the bracket, I was like, oh, he definitely has a chance to win. But I called it based off of skill alone. Not because I thought Vlad was not good. I just like, that's that was my guess. Um, and so then moving on to, uh, despite finishing second overall, Guerrero delivered a record-setting performance, hitting 91 total home runs, including 40 in round two alone, smashing the previous derby record of 61 total home runs by Giancarlo Stanton in 2016. The highlight of the Derby was Vlad uh, and Jock Peterson's head-to-head battle in round two. Guerrero edged Peterson 40-39 to after battling two extra rounds, which, by the way, they had to do two extra rounds that were called three swings. So, like, they were just advertising the podcast the whole time, which was really wonderful and great. It made me very happy. And, like, kudos to Jock Peterson. He hung in there I mean, they were both crushing home runs. It was, it was, that was a thing to watch. That was the most exciting home run derby I've ever seen. It was super cool and it was super rad and it had the most total home runs ever, 319. The previous high set just last year was 221 total home runs. The 2019 derby had passed that by midway round two. And was Vlad Jr. robbed? And should the Derby change any of its rules to favor total home runs? I I mean, like, yeah, he was robbed. He was robbed because of the structure of the game, which we all knew going into it. And it's, I mean, he who was he? It's it's one of those things where like people were super upset and saying you know shitty things about Pete Alonso and like, yeah, I mean, he hit sixty one home runs. That's it. That's a nuts total of home runs. Like people don't hit that in a season and he hit it in a night. Obviously that's what he, all he was trying to do. So it's a different scenario. But I also am like, who, here's the thing. No matter what, no one will forget Vlad Jr. You know, and also the money shit. So I don't know, man. Yeah. Vlad's been robbed by a lot of factors and I don't know how to fix it. So if you do over overall home runs, that changes the whole thing. And 
maybe that's what we do and we'll forever remember this home run derby because of that performance and Jock's performance and Pete Alonso's performance. I don't know. I mean, I think the home run derby is like such stupid fun that it's kind of crazy that everybody's getting so upset about it. But I, I don't know. I, I literally, I don't have an answer because I just enjoyed it. And like, not everybody wins that's that you think is supposed to win, which is like terrible. It's terrible. Life is terrible sometimes. And the wrong person wins. I mean, that's pretty obvious. We've been living in that world for four years now, and which I would argue is the whole time. Because like, the wrong people have always been winning. But the right people have always been winning too. It's just that we tend to see the wrong ones the most. So I feel a little bit bad for Pete Alonzo because I just think, uh, I don't know, he, he, he benefited from the way the contest works, you know, and he wasn't like a bad guy, you know. Um, an NBA All-Star Weekend features a slam dunk contest, a three-point contest, and a skills challenge. Are there any other special events that you'd like to see join the Home Run Derby? The Korean Baseball League, for example, holds a bunting contest during its All-Star Game festivities every year. And you have to look it up because it's one of the... If you've ever tried to bunt, like, I would love... I would love to see a, a bunting contest. Like, I would just love to see what America... How America would do a bunting contest. That would be my favorite thing on the planet, I think, if we did that. I mean, I would love to see, like... I, I don't know. I don't know others like um like target practice from the outfield. Like dudes throwing to at bottles or so you know, like a uh, festival style or whatever, carnival style. I think that would be my jam. I would love to see something like that. That would be so fantastic. I don't know. Send me your thoughts if you want. Tweet them at me or something. But I'm like never on Twitter anymore, so I don't know. Talk to each other about your thoughts. Be right back after this talking Justin Verlander and the rest of the show. So this Monday, welcome back, by the way. I forgot to tell everybody welcome back. This past Monday, Justin Verlander, uh, the Astros pitcher, told ESPN that the balls used in MLB games this season are a fucking joke and that he believes 100% that the league has implemented juiced balls to increase offense. Verlander, who's 36, has allowed a major league high 26 runs this season. Home runs this season, sorry. Overall players hit 3,691 home runs in the season's first half and are on pace to hit 6,668 home runs, which would obliterate the record of 6,105 hit in 2017. His quote is, Major League Baseball's turning this game into a joke. They own Rawlings, and you've got Manfred up here saying it might be the way they center the pill. <laughs> they own the fucking company. If any other $40 billion company bought out a $400 million company and the product changed dramatically, it's not a guess as to what happened. We all know what happened. Manfred, the first time he came in, what did he say? He said, we want more offense. All of a sudden he comes in, the balls are juiced. It's not coincidence. We're not idiots. So, I mean, he's right. They're totally juiced. They totally are juiced. Like, they're they're different. But they're also always different. But I didn't know about the, like, MLB owning Rawlings. Like, that's crazy. How is this legal? It's not. It's not. How is this? I mean, that's like, 
Dude, the MLB is doing some like military contracting stuff. <laughs> That's like the US government like paying, I don't know, Lockheed Martin or whatever. It's so nuts. It's so nuts that they're paying the company to, that makes the balls or that they own the company that makes the equipment for their game. <laughs> wow. I mean, of course. I mean, I think he's right. And I don't want to like read into like he's given up the most home runs. So of course he's pissed. Like, well, if you don't usually give up that many home runs and you're still pitching well, which he is, then there's got to be another reason. And there's an astronomical amount of home runs being hit. Come on, man. He's right. I agree with him. I'm not even a big fan of that dude. And I agree with him. But, um, also, so this is great because that leads us into next week's episode, which is going to be a real doozer. We are going to have astrophysicist and uh, baseball analyst Meredith J. Wills. That's right. I'm going to have an astrophysicist on my podcast to talk about home runs and other factors besides the balls being juiced as to why we're hitting so many home runs. So please tune back into that episode because it's going to be a real doozy and it's going to be longer than 20 minutes. So, because we'll have fantasy baseball back, which I'm just going to keep losing probably because I think it's kind of over for me and that's all right. Um, so anyway, uh, I'm so glad that you're still here. I'm glad that you're still queer and I'm glad that you're still listening to this podcast, which reminds me there's some three swings pride merch, which is pretty cool. You should check that out. Support the show, wear it to a baseball game, wear it to a softball game, wear it to any game where there's a diamond involved. And, uh, please, you know, keep supporting the show. I will be back with a much longer episode next week. So I appreciate you all tell everybody about the next one. And as usual, if you liked it, you liked it. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Engineered and mastered by Alex Sarche. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.